You're listening to the Scoop Podcast brought to you by SmartWire, connecting ag retailers, distributors, and manufacturers to drive business performance. And welcome to the Scoop Podcast. I am editor of the Scoop Margie Echelkamp, joined today by Richard Gupton. He is the Senior Vice President of Public Policy and Counsel at the Ag Retailers Association. Richard, welcome back on the podcast. Hey, always a pleasure, Margie. Okay, so you are so generous, you and the ARA policy team, come on and give us an update of everything that ag retailers need to be paying attention to when it comes to policies, regulations, federal, state level, all of the above. So I know you were just with some of our friends at the state associations in Florida and Georgia. What's top of mind for them? What top of mind for them is um, workforce issues. You know, we're dealing with driver shortages and other um, expertise. So that's the main issue. So related transportation um, you know, what does the future look like for ag retail and, uh, you know, find those workers needed to help service the, their farmer customers, uh, the uncertainty with some of the regulations impacting the industry is another issue as well. Um, so there's, there's a whole host of things. Um, I don't know how long, how much time we got on the podcast, so it, it would take a long, a long time of, of the things impacting the industry and, and things that ARA are trying to stay on top of. Uh, get out in front of and uh, try to address by working with our members of Congress and uh, federal agencies to make sure that they're working for the people, for the industry, and make sure they have common sense regulations and laws being in place to help protect our members' freedom to operate. So when you talk about regulatory uncertainty, I'm guessing there's something to tease out there around what's going on with EPA. Well, what update do you have? With EPA, you know, it seems like every other day there's a press release uh, being announced about uh, a study or changes to how they are registering and, and allowing the use of products. You know, they have their herbicide strategy they just announced. Uh, they have the ESA vulnerable species pilot project they've just announced with the, the first list of species that impacts a number of states, including in Florida. Um, that, but the list will be continuing to grow. Uh, we're encouraging members on the Endangered Species Act related issues and, and with these pesticide uh, issues, with, um, including like, for example, atrazine. They're trying to continue to take, it looks like, atrazine out of the marketplace by the excessive regulations on the registration process by going from proposal uh, levels of concern, 15 parts per billion down to 3.4 which would impact 65 million acres for corn, sorghum, and sugarcane. Uh, there is a, a, a FIFRA scientific advisory panel looking at that product uh, August 22nd through the 24th public meetings uh, to you know hopefully refute the EPA's proposal as they've done in the past. Uh, because again, if they make these changes, it'll, it'll potentially make the product nearly unworkable. Uh, for our members. So we are concerned with that. You know, they have those PFAS and don't tell me how to pronounce the long name. I'm a lawyer, not a scientist. So, but these forever chemicals, uh, fortunately, it looks like pesticides are not impacted by that. Uh, but farmers who have used biosolids and have been encouraged to use those products from their uh, local communities um, may get impacted 
uh, because of what's in the biosolids. Bio um, and so Farm Bureau's got an active campaign to make sure they're not declared Superfund sites and trying to get help with the lawmakers. So uh, that's a concern. You look at the waters of the U.S. where they have a victory uh, with the Supreme Court in the Sackett case saying, like, you know, common sense, continuous flow of the water. You know what a waters of the United States is. Yet EPA has announced uh, by the end of um, August, basically by September 1, their response to the Supreme Court will be, as claimed, a surgical change to their regulations that were really going back to the 2015 Obama's uh, What is the U.S.? It covered almost all parts of the country. And so we're concerned about what their surgical response will be and, and not... Um, make it as clear-cut common sense of what the jurisdiction is between a Waters of the U.S. Clean Water Act and what has state water jurisdiction. Yeah, how are they going to use that scalpel and cut out whatever they want to cut out? I don't know. It's to be determined, uh, you know, and uh, they should just work with stakeholders and state regulators um, to make sure it's a workable program and, and not create this uncertainty. Uh, related to that because that impacts everything you know it impacts other regulations impacts pesticide use um, including uh, pesticide permitting use uh, which is a proposed settlement dealing with the national pollution discharge elimination system pesticide general permit um, there's a proposed settlement we weighed in on that maybe have more requirements for aquatic uh, applications of pesticides um, it's a it's a permit that creates liability for applicators as unnecessary. Uh, those products are specifically approved for use on or near the water to deal with human health issues for mosquito control or, or invasive weeds. And so we're going to continue to push for to get that taken care of. And I know you're going to talk about with Hunter um, uh, later on about the farm bill, but that's one of one of our priorities to deal with that that issue. And he'll, he'll get into more in depth on that and a whole host of other things. Excellent. So we are talking to Richard Gupton from the Ag Retailers Association, and we will be right back after this message from our sponsor. For today's Industry Spotlight, we are joined by John Brubaker. He is CEO and founder of SmartWire. John, we talk a lot about that connectivity through the supply chain. What kind of challenges are being experienced across manufacturers, distributors, and ag retailers today? Uh, Margie, we're finding that in many ways, these guys all have the same problem and that they're wanting to exchange valuable commercial information with each other in a secure way. Things like prices, uh, market incentive, transaction information. And surprisingly, the industry standard today is Microsoft Excel and stuff goes wrong. Impact of that is huge for the people who are doing the day-to-day -day work in our important industry. And how is SmartWire bringing a solution? Thanks for asking. We are a modern software and solutions company. So we are focused on serving exactly those folks in the ag supply chain, manufacturers, distributors, and retailers. We have cloud-based tools that business people can log into from their desktop and phone that helps standardize some of that information keep it safe, keep it protected, and allow businesses to share it out with their trading partners, people that they've been doing business with for 5, 10, 20, 30 years in a way that cuts time, increases efficiency, helps people make a little bit more money, understand how much stock is in the shed, all that good stuff. All right, John. So if folks want to learn more, how can they find out and connect with SmartWire? 
We love to talk to folks, so um, you can find us through the contact information on our website, www.smartwire.com, S-M-A-R-T-W-Y-R-E.com. Uh, um, you can get us on social media. Uh, I love to talk to customers and prospective customers directly. My last name is B-R-U-B-A-K-E-R. Look to hear from you. Love to talk to you about these issues. Lots of good stuff happening. And that is John Brubaker, CEO and founder of SmartWire. And we're back on the podcast with ARA's Richard Gupton. Richard, I just want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about Congress and some of the things that they have been up to or or maybe haven't. Uh, First, can you talk a little bit about the Reliable Rail Service Act and how that impacts ag retail? Yeah, um, well, Senator Baldwin introduced this legislation um, uh, with bipartisan legislation. She's a Democrat from Wisconsin, along with Roger Marshall, Republican from Kansas, that would basically um, cl- provide greater clarity of the common carrier obligation of what the railroads are required to uh, move product on behalf of the industry. They've continued to um, make it difficult to move products like anhydrous ammonia, which is like one rail car is equivalent, I think, of four trucks. So it's more efficient movement of that product uh, via rail. Um, and so this legislation would clarify that definition, uh, provide shippers more rights, and get the Surface Transportation Board which um, regulates the railroads or oversees them, uh, which should say uh, pr- allow, provide them a framework to, to again, expand out and, and clarify that definition because it's, um, it's something important to, again, make sure that they're um, moving products and, and accountable to the shippers in rural communities uh, in the ag industry. Excellent. So I know at the end of July, Congress had a deadline around CFATS authorization, and it did not get reauthorized. What would you share? Catch folks up. What does CFATS mean? What does it mean to ag retail? And really, where are we now in terms of moving forward? Yeah, it's not your latest blockbuster hit of the movie theater, CFATS. Um, It's the Department of Homeland Security Chemical Facilities Anti-Terrorism Standards Program. And so it's an important security program that's been in place um, for probably nearly decades. Um, And this got created uh, when you created Department of Homeland Security to deal with terror threats, criminal threats. And um, the program has worked overall well for the industry. It has regulatory certainty. It's for high-risk chemical facilities. Um, And so it expired July 27th, 2023. Uh, the House had passed a two-year reauthorization for the program. We would like to have seen a longer one to create some certainty, but you know, two years is better than zero at this point. The Senate failed to act before they left town for the August recess, and so right now we're kind of in limbo. They're, they're, the program's expired. Uh, you can't access things at Department of Homeland Security for those regulated facilities. Um, so we've in, encouraged Congress to reauthorize the program. Uh, again, it's one of those few that does has worked well. We have had issues with mixture issues and their chemical lists um, dealing with product regulations, but overall the programs work well. And so Senate needs to act. They need to act quickly um, because of that uncertainty. And, and we've encouraged members to still operate as if they're complying with those regulations to make sure their facilities are secure 
Um, so I don't know if they'll make something retroactive or not, but you want to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and following them, even though the program's expired. It's just really um, the way Washington's been working. Uh, you know, talk about Endangered Species Act, common sense is on that list, um, not officially, but it seems to be, a, a, again, a growing problem that it should have passed. It, it passed the House, I think, 408 to 1. And so you can't get the Senate uh, by unanimous consent to get this thing done. But like everything in Washington, that issue gets sucked in to some other political fight. Um, and you need unanimous consent to get it passed. And they just didn't have enough time. So we're hopeful it can get done here sooner rather than later. Uh, it's an important program. And again, you know, we, um, we want some regulatory certainty. Uh, our members are not opposed to regulations in general, but they need to make sense. And again, this is one of the programs that, that has worked. Excellent. Richard, like you shared, Congress is in recess in August. Anything else that you guys are focusing on? You know, Hunter's going to come on the podcast. We'll talk Farm Bill. But is there anything else you guys are focused on in the back half here of the year? Yeah. Well, one, and he'll he'll get into more de- uh, in depth about this, but uh, in the August recess, you, you know, the members of Congress, if they're not on a global excursion somewhere, uh, they should be back home in their state and districts, visiting with their constituents, uh, getting a better understanding of the business operations and the folks there con- that are vote their voters uh, and what's impacting their day to day lives, what keeps them up at night. So we encourage our members to reach out to their lawmakers and invite them to come visit their facilities. And and Hunter um, and ARA, we've been uh, they've been reaching out to lawmakers, encouraging them to come visit a retail facility because really, when you look at the ag food supply chain, uh, the retailer uh, is a critical part of that. Working with their farmer, um, and so that's something that's also on top of mind. And but here's what happens when Congress is away: the federal regulators will play and expand their out, their power, and they they continue to do that. Uh, and that's something with the regulatory overreach is we're concerned out like WOTUS and some of these other things. And so we'll see, uh, we're, we're, we're a check or try to be a check on that, um, and, and provide the, uh, advocacy and outreach efforts with those agencies. Uh, but that's something too, that we're going to continue to be active, uh, even during, uh, the August recess and Congress being out. Well, I know our friends at MFA just had an open house for their impressive new facility in Western Missouri and had a member of Congress who you and I, an MFA representative, sat in their office during the ARA fly-in and he attended the open house. So I know that there's great progress that can be made when you get folks who represent you in DC to see the hard work and the investment that you make in your rural community. Well, that's great to hear. And, uh, you know, more and more members need to do that because, again, if you um, if you're, as we say, not at the table, you're on the menu. And uh, these lawmakers are making decisions on on laws every day, um, what, what to support, what not to support. And they need the input from the industry. And if they have zero input from ARA and, and our members, um, then they're going to be making those decisions decisions in a, va- a vacuum, and and many times it could be a bad decision. Yeah. Um, so that we're there, there, and and that's good to hear about MFA. That's what we encourage more our members to do, uh, and be part of the process. Excellent. So, Richard, I know folks can find more, including resources, 
and the DC Help Desk if they have any regulatory questions at aradc.org. And anything else that you want to share on this latest update? Our annual conference. It's coming up uh, um, at the end of November, November. Believe, uh, right after the week, right after Thanksgiving. So the registration's open. Uh, it's in Orlando, Florida at the uh, the Hyatt Hotel there, the Grand Cypress. So we encourage uh, folks to sign up, attend. It's got a great program. Um and uh, it's a great location, so uh, we uh, encourage folks to be down, be down there, and uh, and join us for our annual meeting. It'll be uh, it's a great industry networking event, educational event, and uh, really the kind of a, the premier ag retail uh, meeting, annual meeting for our industry. And uh, so we we hope everybody will sign up and, and to be in attendance. Awesome, Richard. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Margie. Always great to talk with you. Everyone, thank you for joining us today. Until we are back on the podcast together, you can find us at www.thedailyscoop.com or on Twitter X, the Farmer's Advisor. Also, until we are back on the podcast together, I hope everybody has a safe and productive season. SmartWire helps farm input supply organizations become more profitable in the areas of incentives, price, and cost management. They provide software, data, and services that securely connect the industry with accurate, instantly available information. The SmartWire platform now catalogs data on more than 90,000 products, as well as 1 million plus trackable rebate and pricing combinations. SmartWire processes more than 10 million transactions annually with an uptime of 99.99%. You can learn more about SmartWire by visiting www.smartwire.com.